Hello everyone, my name is Vuk and you're listening to the Anablock podcast. This show is exploration of enterprise software, technology and business. We share behind the scenes stories of successful people in the world of technology. When we don't record podcasts, we support clients with implementations of Salesforce applications. For more information about us, please visit anablock.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy this episode. Mike, thank you for uh, being my guest on this uh, episode of Anablock Podcasts. Uh, so you and I recently uh, met virtually. Uh, you have a very interesting uh, business, something very unique. I have not seen in my or have come across a similar concept myself. But I'll let you introduce yourself and and your business. Um, so uh, I guess my first question is: um, I see like uh, well. The viewers are not able to see this, or I'm sorry, the listeners are not able to see this, but I see that you have a poster of the Telluride uh, Bluegrass Festival. Actually, I've been there many years back. Are you, uh, where do you live? Are you in Colorado or? Yeah, uh, my wife and I, we live in uh, Denver, Colorado, and uh, us and a group of friends, um, well, apart from this year and last year, uh, have been going to the Telluride Bluegrass Festival for I don't know, five years running. Um, it's, oh, very uh, cool. if, if you haven't been Telluride, beautiful part of the world for everyone listening. Yeah, no, it's awesome. I actually was there, um, went skiing, but I also went one summer for the festival, like many years back, uh, maybe like in the night, like late nineties. So it's an, it's an amazing place. I definitely miss it. Excellent. Well, Mike, so, um, let's maybe start off, uh, you know, asking you actually, what is uh, GM, GTM Guides, and actually, what is that business all about? Sure. Um, so, GTM Guides is short for Go to Market Guides, um, and it's a specialty consulting company um, specifically focused in helping Salesforce ISVs on the App Exchange go to market. Uh, more successfully. So taking their great technology and helping them become great companies in the ecosystem. And uh, really started it just uh, after having a career randomly in Salesforce. I've uh, just worked at three ISBs uh, to date um, and uh, have been fortunate enough to be part of uh, three success stories. And so um, just kind of sharing my learnings over the last 13 or so years uh, in the ecosystem. Um, and the reason I started it is you look around and there's great PDOs like uh, Epiphany and Code Science and about 20 other um, product development outsourcing companies that will help a founder or a company build or improve their, their Salesforce app on the app exchange from a technology standpoint. But like really the hard work starts after, after that, like how do you commercialize it? And so that's what we're really focused on at uh, GTM Guides. Very interesting. So maybe we can go a little bit back in time. Uh, I, I guess, what is your background? Um, so you, obviously you've been in Salesforce, I believe you mentioned 13 years. Uh, did you do anything prior to Salesforce? Um, or how did you start? Not really. Uh -huh. 
Yeah, uh, right after college, university, uh, started to work for an app exchange partner called Centive, um, which was a sales compensation solution that was acquired mm-hmm. by uh, Exactly. Um, I was at Exactly all in all about seven years um, and uh, wore a bunch of different hats there. Uh, from support to uh, training to sales engineer to sales rep, SMB rep, mid-market enterprise rep, uh, and then stayed through their IPO um, shortly thereafter, uh, changed and went over to Conga from 14 to 40 million right after they took their Insight Venture Partners, uh, uh, I guess, investment and money. Um, and my role there was on the enterprise sales side. So figuring out how to scale in named key accounts and aligning closely with Salesforce AE, Salesforce SEs, Salesforce system integrators. Um, and then uh, after a couple of years there, um, went to a local uh, bootstrapped startup, uh, which I actually am still there. Um, super grateful for the founders, uh, Blakely and Eric Wu, um, to allow me to do both at the same time. It gives me a ton of energy, but um, went to Task Gray about three and a half, almost four years ago uh, to run sales and alliances and for a short time, customer success. Um, and uh, really be their first uh, commercial leader there. Um, and so we've grown the business through, uh, over the years. Uh, again, all bootstrapped, all profitable from uh, every day. <laughs> we, have to, we have to collect before we spend, um, which uh, presents a good but fun challenge. And uh, it's been a really fun ride. Very interesting. What is Taskray? Yeah, so Taskray uh, is a app that's focused on helping customers deliver consistently on a post-sale basis. So it looks different for each uh, industry. So if you're, if you're a SaaS company, uh, you'll call it customer onboarding or implementations, whatever SKUs you sell products and services in sales cloud on the opportunity record, we can look down to CPQ line items as well. And then Taskray grabs the right template to deliver the right project to the right customer um, every single time. So at the core of it, it's a project management application, but it's uh, been purpose built. And all of our releases for the last couple of years have been purpose built to help with that first 90 day journey. Whether you're a SaaS company, a professional services company implementing your clients, or you're even things uh, doing like physical installations of solar panels or uh, medical devices or opening up franchises. Anytime it's really important to nail that first uh, X number of days in the customer journey, um, that's what we help with. Got it. So it sounds like it's a native to Salesforce uh, application. So is there a standalone version of it, of it, or if it's, or if it's, or it's only basically available on the Salesforce platform? Only available on the Salesforce platform. It is uh, fully native, and uh, yeah, we have over seven hundred customers, then uh, a bunch of other nonprofits where we donate licenses for free. Oh, very cool. So, how long? Has or when was the company founded? When did uh, the team start developing this product? 
Yeah, so uh, right around the time the app exchange really started to take hold, uh, uh, Blakely and Eric came together, uh, and they're both in Colorado, uh, to create the company 11 years ago. It was created under the name Bracket Labs. Um, and their thought process was, hey, we're going to put out a bunch of kind of niche, uh, small little uh, products. And um, uh, it, it, throughout the company's history, we've released three different apps on the App Exchange, and TaskRay has been uh, the, the most successful one. So a couple of years ago, we elevated the product name to our company name, um, just to make it more simplistic for the, for the, uh, uh, for the ecosystem. Um, but yeah, they've been at it for over 11 years now um, and uh, growing at a steady, healthy, profitable clip every, every year. That's great. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, when you mentioned 700 customers, that's a good amount of customers. Um, so uh, that's very interesting. Uh, so, so really like, I guess, based on the success of one specific, um, I call it a, like a feature or a product, uh, the pivot was made to just focus specifically on that product. Are, are you guys still developing other things or you're just primarily focused now on, on TaskRay product itself? 100% uh, focused on solving this problem that TaskRay solves in the customer onboarding project implementation uh, space, uh, really that post-sale process. Um, and it's really the first part of the customer success journey. And so over time, we've, uh, we've, we've gone out from our core to help with things like how do you hand off from a sales rep to the onboarding team? Like what is the key information and how can we make sure there's no data leakage uh, from the sales rep close winning the opportunity to the onboarding person delivering what was sold? And then likewise, uh, when onboarding is complete, uh, transitioning that customer to account management or customer success, what are the information? We have uh, technology like surveys in there to, to measure uh, the customer's pers uh, perspective of how it went as well. Interesting. So are you guys backed up by any VCs or are you bootstrapped? Uh, fully bootstrapped. Uh, no, no VCs. Uh, oh, wow, they, that's great. Uh, they, yeah, no, no friends and family, no loans. Um, uh -huh. Just uh, pure good uh, ARR business. Oh, very cool. That's great. How, how big is the team now? Um, we have, jeez, uh, thirty-seven employees, plus or minus three. Um, I know we have a few headcount open right now. Um, we just onboarded a, a brand new CMO. She's building out her team uh, right now. So we have a couple headcounts uh, as of July 30th when we're recording this. Oh, cool. Uh, so you are, I guess, can you just describe a little bit more about your day-to-day -day role? Uh, I guess what, obviously you're, you're um, the, the sales leader, but in, in general, like... Um, if you can describe a little bit more like a type of interactions that you might have with your customers or prospects, uh, things of that nature. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, I, I do some like projects internally, like right now we're rolling out, um, 
uh, chat functionality on our app exchange listing and actually should go live today. So working on things like that, working on uh, just budget and planning as we scale our team responsibly, thinking about next quarter, and then the next, next quarter uh, to, to make sure we're starting to ramp the team to, to hit the numbers we need to hit. Um, so that's one side of it that's not customer facing. Um, and then the other one is just uh, joining uh, customer calls where I can add value um, to the AEs on the team. Um, and one of the things I'm really proud of uh, is our team's um, technical acumen. Uh, all of our AEs have their Salesforce app exchange uh, or Salesforce uh, admin certification. Um, oh, wow. And I just think in the ecosystem, it's really important. Like they definitely sell and they know how to sell. Um, but when you're speaking to folks in the ecosystem, they value uh, folks that actually know like how to talk about object models and how to talk about process builder or flow. And like we have a sales engineer, we have a technical team if it gets more detailed than that. Um, but I'm really proud of the team knowing enough to be dangerous uh, and speaking intelligently without always having to grab somebody else to, to help them with the tougher technical questions. Yeah, that's awesome. That's definitely always a plus to actually um, know what you're selling on a, on a more granular level. Um, that's great. So I'm wondering, so you guys have been obviously working quite a bit on the app exchange. I mean, that's probably your, um, well, the only currently platform that you're using, but uh, you know, what, what has your, been your experience or not necessarily just yours, but your teams uh, with um, interacting basically, you know, going through the security approval process, uh, you know, interacting with, uh, with the Salesforce side in general, um, I guess, can you give us a little bit of, of overview of how, what was the experience overall over the last few years? Yeah. And I guess uh, when you were asking me about my day-to-day, -day, I stayed focused on customer sales. The other part of uh, my role is around alliances. And so um, that's other ISVs where uh, we are complementary to them. That's uh, Salesforce system integrators. Uh, we have about 40, 50 partners who are registered as referral partners. So enabling them and working with them to figure out which customers have a problem that we could solve. And then okay. uh, Salesforce and the Salesforce Alliance is key, um, both from a technology standpoint, making sure because uh, they do regular security review uh, checkpoints throughout the life cycle. And so if they flag anything, um, our, our dev team has to be dynamic and be able to uh, just resolve any any challenges there. Um, but then there's the actual business development side of the relationship. And so um, just staying close to them, making sure uh, that we're taking every opportunity that we can to, to sell like Salesforce and align to Salesforce um, as, as they're trying to close larger and larger deals at more and more customers. Got it. Um, so um, how do... It, uh, so you have a referral program, you work with integration partners. Um, I guess at what, at what point do they bring you into their projects or how do they identify uh, some kind of a gap within the client's org where Taskrate can actually you know, solve the problem? 
Yeah, we normally get brought in. Sometimes we're a phase one with uh, Sales Cloud, but more often than not, we're a phase two. Um, and it makes sense, right? Chronologically, like uh, the the system integrator will set up the customer, they'll set up leads, they'll set up opportunities, maybe they'll set up CPQ, um, and then literally in in their in our customers' customer journey, what happens next? Well, after you close, win an opportunity, and now you do all of that uh, upstream work in, on the Salesforce platform. It's only natural to uh, think about uh, Taskray at that time, where it's like, hey, how do you deliver post sale? And so, um, from a from an SI perspective, we try to enable them to ask that the one question. After closed one, what happens next? And if the customer is really dialed in and loves what they're doing, um, stop talking about task grade there. But if they are like, oh, well, we've got to go to this person and it's in Excel or it's in monday.com and we've got to export it to this and that and it's disconnected from Salesforce and, and any sort of reporting, um, that's, that's when task grade could make sense. Got it. So what specifically, what, which gap does it fill that maybe Salesforce, well, Salesforce doesn't have overall, but that probably does better maybe than some of the competitors? Yeah, I think our, our secret sauce is uh, the templating technology um, okay. and uh, the, con the concept of being able to look at uh, the opportunity, custom standard fields, uh, custom or standard uh, opportunity product line items, CPQ line items, looking at what was sold and then um, uh, whether it's flow or process builder, um, as soon as that goes close one, we can, we can compile the right templated project, assign it to the right people, cascade the dates out or cascade the dates backwards, um, all automatically on the platform. So we can make sure there's nothing that ever falls through the cracks. And I, I think that templating technology is what makes us really unique. Um, just making it, because companies as they grow, they get more complex. They start selling more products and more services and in different regions and to different size customers, uh, whether it's high touch, low touch or tech touch onboarding. And all of those different levels will have a different template to design the right customer experience after the sale. Um, and, and our ability to dynamically do that and accurately do that every time um, is, is huge. Okay. And what's the best way for some of the listeners that might be interested in learning more about Taskray? Um, the, the website is taskray.com, but I'm wondering what would be, or what would you suggest for uh, listeners to how to contact you? Do you guys have like a free trial or what, what would be the best way, I guess, to, to test the application itself? Yeah, we have a few different ways that we uh, let our buyers uh, kind of experience uh, the software before they purchase. And so okay. um, and it just kind of depends what folks want. So one option is uh, what's called the test drive on the app exchange. Um, this is great if somebody doesn't have 
admin rights uh, to their own Salesforce environment. Um, and it's a read-only environment. It's designed to be like a five-minute experience to get a feel for uh, the different screens of the application. Um, from there, it probably makes sense to uh, have a one-on-one have -on -one demo with somebody on the team. So reach out at uh, sales at taskray.com and we'll get you set up with, uh, with one of those certified admins I was talking about. Um, okay. But we also offer uh, free trials uh, in sandbox or production for 14 days, full featured. Uh, so so if, if you're the type of person that wants to get hands on, that's okay too. Excellent. Uh, sounds great. So I uh, want to maybe switch gears a little bit now. Obviously, you have, uh, I guess, two jobs. <laughs> so the second one is with GTM Guides. Uh, you know, you sort of introduced it a little bit in, in the beginning of our um, interview. But how did you come up to or, you know, what brought you actually to, to starting GTM Guides? Like what problem are you looking to solve uh, with this company? Yeah, as I've gotten to know more and more people in the ecosystem um, and I've just had more experience, I've been around the block, um, like it's it's not rocket science going to market in the ecosystem, but there are some unique things. There's a lot of unique things. And so um, in speaking to other heads of sales and founders of Salesforce ISVs, uh, I kept hearing challenges around, hey, I'm not sure what to do uh, across the four pillars of going to market in the ecosystem. Um, that's Salesforce SIs, that's Salesforce employees themselves, that's other ISVs, and then that's your customers, your, uh, and how do you market to, to Salesforce customers. So, so those are the, I'm sorry, so those are the four pillars? Those are the four pillars of a, of a Salesforce ISV going to market in the ecosystem. Got it. That's interesting. Uh, do you mind if we like, kind of dig a little bit into those four pillars? I guess, yeah. what, what was the first one? Yeah, so the first one is uh, Salesforce uh, SIs, the system integrators. There's 1,500 of them globally from the Accenture okay. Deloitte's of the world to the two guys or gals in a garage that are uh, just uh, independent consultants. Um, but mm -hmm. uh, they're a great source of revenue and a real superpower for uh, Salesforce ISVs. Okay, that's very interesting. So uh, you said 1,400? That's uh, about 1,500. I mean, 1500. Yeah, 1,500. Okay, that, that's a big yeah. number. I was always wondering what that number is, but that, that's very interesting. And then what was the second pillar? Uh, the, and I forget which order I set them in, but this, another no, no pillar worries, yeah. is uh, yeah. <laughs> Salesforce employees themselves. So it's Salesforce mm -hmm. AEs, SEs, folks in the customer success group, um, and and more and more of their industry uh, alignment folks as they're mm -hmm. as they're going to market more and more with an industry focus. Got it. So so I guess Salesforce has uh, a team that helps uh, ISVs sell or promote their products. So is that maybe part of that whole like um, pillar, I guess, of, of uh, Salesforce employees? But then obviously there are uh, Salesforce employees that specifically just sell Salesforce products and licenses. Um, so are you looking basically to target the both, um, I guess, subgroups? All, all of the above, yes. All um, of the above. Okay. And at different, 
at, at different stages of an ISV's journey, it makes sense mm -hmm. to focus on one more than the other. The other thing that I'll say is uh, this has changed for ISVs. And a lot of ISVs hasn't, haven't realized uh, the reason why it's changed or maybe even haven't noticed uh, it, it changing. But you, you go back a decade ago and a Salesforce AE was interested at uh, the 15%, the um, they call it PNR, percentage of net revenue um, that, that you pay uh, Salesforce and that retires their quota um, if you sell your ISV's product into one of their customers. That used to be meaningful. And so you could uh, collaborate with them. You could get introductions. Uh, they would walk you into accounts more regularly. Well, as Salesforce has continued to release new products like Experience Cloud, Communities, um, Service Cloud more and more, uh, and then acquisitions like Tableau, Slack, MuleSoft, CPQ, Field Service Lightning, the list goes on and they get paid 100%. Uh, uh, they get paid on 100% of all these purchases. And so that 15% uh, that an ISV provides uh, it, it's not enough to move the needle uh, alone. And so mm -hmm. is the Salesforce channel still important? Absolutely. Um, but it's a lot more reactive than uh, it is proactive. And it's a lot more of a branding exercise and, and trying to drive awareness versus driving referrals like it used to be. Okay. So, uh, and then what was the next pillar? Um, other other ISVs in the ecosystem that offer comp that 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 play in the same sandbox uh, mm -hmm. that that you could either help them um, complete their offering through a reseller agreement or vice versa, uh, where a reseller could help you complete your offering to a specific uh, a market or industry segment. Okay, and then the last one was. The last one's just straight up your customers. Um, so <laughs> how do you app how, how how do you app exchange uh, uh, applications? How should they be sold? How do you structure a trial the right way? Um, how do you provide a test drive experience like I was talking about that resonates with your buyers, whether they have admin rights to the org or if they don't? Um, because about fifty percent of the visitors to the Salesforce app exchange don't have admin rights in their uh, internal Salesforce instance. And so only providing a free production trial uh, cuts out the, that part of the buyer's journey um, for about half of the visitors to the app exchange. And so being really thoughtful about how you follow up with leads, how you approach your first call, um, all that stuff is what gives me energy uh, in working with my clients. Very interesting. So does actually um, kind of just through this conversation kind of I uh, thought about it, but the Salesforce on, on the app exchange side, so that's very interesting analytic. I ha had no idea that even exists that number of actually um, visitors that have admin versus non-admin rights. So it sounds like Salesforce keeps quite a bit of analytics that they can provide to the ISVs specifically about maybe the, the app exchange itself. Uh, is there some other like interesting analytics that you came across working with in, in this space? Um, there, there are, and I, I mean, what's cool about my, my jobs uh, and, and mm -hmm. specifically the GTM guide side of my life 
uh, is I'm still learning. Like I get to learn every week. One thing, um, one thing I learned last week was because uh, Salesforce has been releasing more and more app exchange analytics to the partner community portal where every ISV has a login so they can see that how their listing is performing, what keywords are driving uh, conversions. Like there's a ton of rich data um, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's there. One of the things that I just learned, um, there's uh, if you've been to the App Exchange and been to an ISV's listing, there's uh, like slides uh, when you first go there that are prominently displayed. You can have up to 15 slides. And what I recently found out is that one of the analytics in that App Exchange analytics area actually will show you performance of those slides. So of all the visitors, oh wow, which one stopped after the first slide versus the second versus the third. And so the actionable piece of advice for ISV is, is if you see a drop off after the sixth slide, your sixth slide should actually have a call to action on it. Like, what do you want them to do next? Do you want them to view a recorded demo? Do you want them to do a test drive? Um, so that's like the actionable piece of advice. And I learned that last week, uh, thanks to a guy on the team. Wow, that's very interesting. <laughs> I had no idea. Uh, I'm wondering, so they have recently, well, maybe not too recently. I, I, I don't know exactly when, but I have noticed it maybe over the last two, three months is that they actually have a kind of um, a different format in the app exchange where you can actually advertise your listing. Um, do you know, I, I forgot the name of the program. Actually, I just recently saw that on the Trailblazer community. There's a whole different division now or, or group, I should say, that manages that program. Uh, do you know much about it or are you familiar with it? I do. It's uh, it's called AMP. AMP. Uh, it's short for App Exchange Marketing Program. Yeah, exactly. Um, yep. And it's a yeah, it's a whole separate team that are constantly looking to tinker and improve ways for uh, an App Exchange partner to get noticed and get promoted. So every every quarter they'll come out with dif- different offerings or tweaked offerings, but. I would say in every any given quarter, there's probably about 20 paid options for an ISV to 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 select from. Interesting. So how? I mean, I don't know how much work have you done with it, or how much analytics you have. I'm just wondering how effective it might be, or how useful it is for really the not not only obviously it works for the ISVs, but also for consulting partners. I have noticed yeah. that that's another form of advertising you can have in your kind of marketing portfolio is basically working as the AMP program. But do you know, um, I guess, effectiveness behind it? Um, They don't share specific data. Um, uh, At least I haven't seen it. Uh, Maybe Mm -hmm. they share it with other people who aren't me, but uh, (laughs) I haven't seen it. Uh, I mean, I've been a part or I've been consulting with companies that have tried a bunch of different uh, ones. And I would say it depends on what your, which of the four pillars you're really looking to drive, uh, uh, drive focus around, because if everything's important, then nothing is. And so like, 
like if you're trying to get more eyeballs to your listings, uh, the app exchange homepage and sponsored search is a great option. Whereas if you're trying to get more alignment and more brand awareness with the Salesforce SEs, uh, it's doing a Salesforce sales engineer demo jam or doing a recorded demo video that they distribute to them um, on your behalf. So uh, it, not, not the best answer, but it really depends on where an ISP is, uh, on which ones they should be investing in. Got it. So then going back to GTM guides. Um, so uh, when you work with your clients or customers, uh, what type of uh, service do you really provide to them? Do you, it's, is it a more of a consulting service or um, I guess, can you just describe that a little bit more? Yeah, um, we have two different models uh, and uh, they, they work well for folks uh, who have different kind of price points and, and needs uh, and teams around them. So uh, the one model is a pure advisory, like an executive advisory service where we meet once or twice a month and we just review the strategies that they are doing. And um, I help them avoid some mistakes and uh, see some opportunities that they might not have uh, seen just because it might be their first time in the ecosystem. So that's a that's a good service to uh, just yeah mistake avoidance and make sure you're capitalizing on the experience of somebody who's been there done it before. Um, so that's the one model advisory services. Then the other one is a more hands on model. Um, it's a fixed bid uh, go to market uh, like services engagement. Um, we do at least three months, normally more like four or six months. Um, and we we decide together across those four pillars. Uh, what's most important to work on. And so we'll do different action items based on different clients um, and, uh, and, and, and help them actually with the execution of it. Where we stop short is we don't try to replicate our ISVs brands. Um, so we don't do like that creative marketing that last mile, we rough things out in PowerPoint and, and Google Docs and then let their brand team uh, make sure it's matching their brand image. And then we also don't, uh, you're not buying our Rolodex. So we're not gonna introduce you to Salesforce employees or SIs. We're gonna teach you how to fish. We're gonna teach you how to talk the talk. We're going to coach you in your meetings. We're gonna help you craft the right uh, messaging. Um, but it's more impactful if it's not relying on us to do it. And so uh, we, we work behind the scenes and help our partners like be a great ecosystem partner. At what stage does an S, um, not SI, but um, uh, ISV or basically a product developer uh, start working with you? Obviously, they have to first develop uh, some kind of a, a product that then goes through a security review. I'm not sure exactly how many different steps they're involved on the Salesforce side before the product is actually available as a managed package to directly to offer to offer uh, as, a, as a download. And then uh, I think afterwards, there's another step that you have to take in order to be published to App Exchange. So maybe at what stage do generally, or would you recommend to a company to reach out to you in this whole life cycle of development? Yeah, so um, 
we we work with a lot of existing partners um so folks that are already listed on the app exchange so that's like they're already live they're just looking to tune it up or uh, grow revenue uh faster so uh like that's kind of one uh type of partner uh to your point if uh if there's founders on the call who are working with uh to develop the app themselves or working with one of the pdos like uh, code science and epiphany um, normally right around like right before, right after, right during uh, submission for security review is the right time to uh, kick off a project with us. Um, and the reason for that is like security review, that process takes a couple months, um, especially around Dreamforce and it gets extended around that. Um, but there's a lot of work that we need to do around product marketing, messaging, making sure your app exchange listing is ready to go from day one. And all of that can be done concurrently. The reason I say like around the time you submit for the app exchange uh, uh, or security review is because you should already have like a pretty good feel for what you're building and the problem you're solving. Like you're always going to change. You're always going to adjust. Uh, but like that's that's tended to be a pretty good uh, entry point for us. Okay, is there anything you would recommend to founders? Um, you, as you mentioned, have been in three different environments where you have published uh, managed package on on uh, the Salesforce platform on App Exchange. You have went th through this process internally multiple times. Uh, I guess, what are the words of wisdom on just being able to publish something, go through security review and things of that nature? Um, well, normally that'll be more uh, likely a technical founder. So I'm speaking to the technical founders of the world right now. Um, sales works, sales can be done with class. Um, and so don't shy away from selling and intentionally marketing your, your solution. It will get more people using it. It will help you develop uh, the application faster, help you help more customers and help fund your business. So you can maybe do it on a bootstrapped uh, path versus having to go to the VC route. So that would be my advice. So then also like the, connect with other folks. They're are at any given time, there's probably 50 founders that are at the same stage as you. Um, I'm not to plug what I'm doing too much, but uh, I've got two avenues to help founders. Uh, one is a, a podcast called How We Got There. Um, I interview founders and go to market leaders at, at Salesforce ISVs. Um, and then the other thing is a no cost uh, Slack community. We have about 240 members. Uh, it's just for folks that work at a Salesforce ISB, so no SIs and no Salesforce employees. And it, the goal is to just get founders and go-to-market professionals together um, because we're all learning this uh, alongside of each other. So ask for help, sell, sell your product. It's okay. Sales is a good word. And, uh, and, 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 and yeah, you'll, you'll uh, be better for it. Awesome. Um, I'm wondering also, do you know, uh, when it comes to app exchange, uh, I, what are some of the latest statistics as far as how many published apps currently exist? And like, do you know, is, like, what's the overall 
maybe average annual pipeline, basically how many apps go through the whole process and of, of uh, publication and then pub being published at the end? Yeah, I don't, I actually don't know those data points. I know there's, mm -hmm. I know there's somewhere in the six or 7,000 app range, um, but not all of those are paid. A lot of those are free apps. So I would say there's probably around 2,000 or give or take uh, paid apps, but um, I haven't looked in a little while uh, and I'm not sure how many new ones pop up. I, if, if, uh, if you were to make me take a guess, I would probably say, probably around five a month. Uh, oh, wow. Maybe. T yeah. 60 a year. Uh, that's, that's my opinion that, that take that with a huge grain of salt. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. I'm just trying to gauge um, overall interest for the platform from the perspective of ISVs and, and developers that maybe want to enhance it in a specific or certain way. Um, but yeah, that, that's an interesting figure. Yeah, there's there's some cool things. I mean, like go to market guides outside of uh, the Slack community. It's all paid. Um, so trying to make money um, while helping people. But uh, Salesforce obviously has a in, an incentive to to recruit founders and help them build. And so mm -hmm. there's uh, two groups. One is this uh, newer team called the Business Builders Team. Mm -hmm. um, they help uh, new ISBs and even founders who are in the ideation phase uh, think through how they're going to build a company uh, around the Salesforce ecosystem. So that's like, even if somebody is just thinking about that, like they're on Clubhouse, I think every Thursday they, they run a room. Um, so that'd be a good uh, group to, to touch base with. And then the other one, and this is a little bit you, you, past ideation, maybe you're starting to build it, uh, but Salesforce uh, runs an incubator called Accelerate. Uh, so Salesforce Accelerate, Mike Creedon, uh, awesome guy at Salesforce, has been around the block for a while. He runs that group. They do a, a few of these cohorts a year. Um, I actually participated in one with Taskray a few years ago, and then I'm an ad advisor now. But um, it's two or three months long, and it's uh, just helping ISBs through whatever stage they're at. And I think the most valuable part is the the other folks that you meet in the cohort. Like the sessions are great, but man, it's good to find friends uh, who uh, who are doing the same thing as you and trying to solve the same problems as you. Um, so those are two alternatives uh, to check out too. Very interesting. Um, do you or have you ever interacted with Salesforce Ventures? Uh, I, I'm wondering how much. Uh, basically or what is their presence overall in this community of isvs or, or future isvs um huge i mean their their fingers on the pulse for it um if you're going down the vc route and you're building an app exchange app you should absolutely develop a relationship with ventures um, I think one good thing for people to know is they uh, typically do not lead around. Uh, they will follow another VC uh, who does all the diligence and whatnot. Um, but from a participation standpoint, develop that relationship early um, because they'll they'll follow on and talk about like a great marketing uh, opportunity for a small ISB. It's like 
Salesforce invested in us. Um, you can tell that to every customer. It's uh, it, it means something. It's more important than just the money. Are there any other ventures or maybe that one of the VCs that maybe have specific funds oriented towards this type of enterprise software, I guess, subsector or, or segment? Um, it's of? on my... It's on my to-do list. I actually have a spreadsheet that's in in the works. Uh, I was working on it with a with a founder of an ISV who asked me that same question. Um, so more to come. Um, but I am trying. And and if you're a VC that's uh, in, investing in uh, in App Exchange apps, uh, hit me up and make sure I, I have you on the list. Okay, great. Uh, well, that's very interesting. That This was a very informative conversation, Mike. Thank you again uh, for the time. Uh, how can listeners reach uh, or find you? Where can they find you or, and how can they reach out to you? Yeah, so um, GTM Guides, uh, short for go-to-market guides, uh, gtmguides.com um, is our uh, website. Um, and then obviously task Ray, and then I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, both, uh, personally, and then with the GTM guides, uh, page. So, uh, feel free to hit me up on there. Um, I'm wearing a, a blue suit, uh, and my URL, my tailored URL on LinkedIn is slash tech Mike Davis, uh, after all the LinkedIn goodness. Awesome. So to all the listeners, we will in the description of this podcast include uh, all of the websites and uh, the best contact information. Um, so you know, we'll have that to share in the description itself. But Mike, thanks again. It's been a pleasure and uh, have a great rest of the day. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. Take care. Sure.